0: Next on Rugby Wrap-Up, George Hook, Steve Lewis, and Matt McCarthy whine, moan, and complain through an exceptional Autumn Rugby Spectacular. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by the Pig & Whistle, the world's best rugby pub, the Murphy Kennedy Group, founded with the idea that construction can be done better, and Lean & Limber, stretching your way to a healthier lifestyle. everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in Midtown Manhattan. Thank you once again for joining us. Again, we are joined by some of the heavyweights in the global rugby pundit world. Mr. Stephen Lewis calling in from the Upper West Side of Manhattan and Mr. George Hook, I believe, calling in from Dublin again. Is that accurate, George?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Golf is back on the market for the last week in Ireland, so uh, we're all out playing golf, despite cold weather, which, uh, you know, in New York, you'd probably consider quite reasonable, but we think it's pretty cold.
0: Is that your lame excuse for not wearing a jacket and a, and a collared shirt? My, that is my lame excuse. Okay. All right. Stephen. Uh, meanwhile, you are looking a little bit more dapper than you, your slob self, usually.
2: Well, you know, I felt if you dish it out, you're going to be able to take it. So given your past sartorial indiscretions, I thought I'd up the ante today and get a suit back on.
0: Fair play, fair play. All right, guys, before we get to the uh, nitty-gritty of what we're talking about today, the Autumn Rugby, the Autumn Internationals, Tri-Nations, Autumn Nations Cup, we had some significant rugby played here on American soil. And, Stephen, because you're the reigning two-time USA Rugby Coach of the Year, as everyone is so sick of hearing, we thought we'd uh, have you briefly bring us up to speed.
2: Yeah, a couple of big things in the domestic USA game. So at Chula Vista in California over the weekend, both the men's and women's sevens programs got on the field and had live contact, unfortunately, only within themselves. But good for Mike Friday, Chris Brown, all those men, all those women to actually get out there and uh, and, uh, get going again. Uh, Probably the only dark spot was Pat Blair's commentary. Um, In other news, of course, the MLR 2021 schedule came out this week, so it's a March 20th start for Major League Rugby in season four. You're going to see Pat Blair anytime soon? He's got my number. I've got his.
0: All right, fair enough. George, uh, Steve's taking a shot at a fellow pundit, former player. <laughs> Not that you've had any experience doing that.
1: Uh, no, I think taking a part is part and parcel of what we do. Uh, and the, the actual sort of punditry would be at a loss if people weren't taking shots. I mean, it's, it, it, just if you don't mind me waxing about something that I take quite seriously, is certainly now in Britain and Ireland, political correctness has reached a point where nobody is prepared to actually say anything. And and for rugby wrap-up, not because of the two of us, but rugby wrap-up is at a crucial point, I think, in rugby's life, when it has to talk about the things that are important. Otherwise, you become not, you know, the program becomes, and other programs become, the worst word you could possibly use. Irrelevant. And Steve and I aren't going to allow you to be irrelevant because well, we're just going to kick the living SH1T out of anybody around the place.
0: Let's do that. Let's do just that right now. And I appreciate you coming and throwing me that that life preserver. But before we get to the Autumn Nations Cup and the Tri-Nations Cup, one thing that piqued your interest, caught your eye on the global rugby landscape that is not necessarily related to the Autumn
2: internationals Stephen yeah something else that annoyed me you mean yes yeah yeah, it's the 2023 Rugby World Cup draw for France is coming up next week Monday December 14th and what vexes me about this particular thing is the time at which they solidified the seedings so world rugby in their infinite wisdom locked the seedings in on the 1st of January this past year It ignores everything that has occurred from the 1st of January up till now, and it has significant benefits for certain teams, and other teams obviously got shafted. So, who did well? Wales, in band one, currently languishing at ninth, they're in the first band. Japan, having played a game, they're in the second band. They're placed at the top table, solidified with a backroom deal with Beaumont, and that's why they're there. Who's hard done by? On form, Scotland and Argentina are currently seventh and eighth, but are both in the third tier. And what that means, with four groups of five, two going through, somebody's going to be unhappy. Well, George, at least we got Beaumont making a backroom deal with a tier two
0: nation, so to speak, in Japan.
1: Well, I suppose it makes a difference between, you know, making a deal for having a murderer uh, support him in his quest for the presidency of WRC. Like you did, the words infinite wisdom and, and world rugby don't actually go in the same sentence. It's a bit like military intelligence. They just don't go together. And the, the, the world rugby is, I actually, there's a danger here that I might sound dramatic, but as Go I ahead. no, but as I speak to you, everything I have worried about for the last decade or more is coming true. And we now know that something like seventy former rugby players are about to take uh, actions uh, against their respective unions for uh, brain damage occasioned by concussion occasioned by playing rugby. You as an American know very well what happened in the NFL. We saw the movie. We know all that. But we've known about this. We have known what we are doing to men, women and children for the last 10 years. We've known. And like particularly Beaumont. And I I hold Beaumont hugely responsible. He has poo-pooed this in every interview. I saw an interview with John Beasy of Scottish Television, the former Scottish number A. And and Beatty was so upset at at Beaumont's just dismissing of the problem. And now they are reaping the whirlwind. And let me tell you what the whirlwind is. Doesn't matter whether it's a billion or 10 billion. It's not the money. It is what it will do to the game. There's a moment in the movie, Concussion, where the NFL guy says to the doctor, he says, but if you're right, No kids are going to play our game. We are already looking at it, particularly in New Zealand. Can you imagine that there are kids in New Zealand not playing rugby? I mean, they don't do anything else. And you are now looking at, first and foremost, apart from all the other things, there is nothing good. You said, you know, we're going to talk about the good stuff. There's no good stuff.
0: I didn't say we were going to talk about the good stuff. I said we were going to talk about it.
1: The game is in peril. The game is awful. And in a minute, Steve's going to be talking about how awful it is. The game is awful. Like when you talk about the final and in England, it is awful. All right, we're jumping and ahead. No, Hold on. Uh, as somebody that's had a bunch of concussions and somebody that's been knocked down six times,
0: I fully get the concussion thing. But we have come a long way from ten to fifteen years ago, where we're actually acknowledging we it.
1: No, we have not. Yes, we it's have. It. No, you're living with Judy Garland and the Wizard of Oz. You're living so far out of reality, and that's true. Let's look. Like, let's look Maybe at it's because I've had so many concussions. Let's look at this weekend. Let's look at this weekend. In all of the games, there were hits to the head unpunished. Not a single red card for hits to the head by Fora. Not, not one. The referees have copped out. So if the referees have copped out, it means it's the equivalent that you can't walk down Fifth Avenue because the cops are not patrolling the street. And that's what's happened in rugby now. This is, and I'm taking Steve's time, and I'm sorry, but this is a disaster. All right. We are now looking at the end. And the great thing is that there is a silver bullet.
0: Oh, that's a cliffhanger for next week, the silver bullet explanation. But I, 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 I can't agree with you fully on this. I understand it's a major issue. I understand that it's scaring parents and kids away. But I am saying it's 100% better from, say, when I was 25 and playing and getting knocked silly and everybody's saying, oh, just, you know, you, gotta, you got your bell rung, get back in there and, not, and, and giggling about it, right? It's a whole different animal now. Everybody is paying attention to it, at least. And I'm saying that's an improvement in itself. But we got to get to where we're going with the show, right? Because we've got to wrap up the autumn rugby competitions. We have the Autumn Nations Cup, and we have the Tri-Nations Rugby, which we're going to start with. Australia and Los Pumas. And why don't we begin with the Los Pumas, the UAR, Rescinding Punishment. George, is Argentina serious about racism?
1: This guy wrote that tweet, the, the Argentinian captain. He was 19 years of age, or thereabouts, coming from a broken family, an extremely difficult position. If there wasn't tweets around when I was nineteen, but if somebody started re- uh, resuscitating some of the stuff I might have said when I was nineteen, and 22. then to, to apply to it to me today, then you know it could be very difficult. Am, am I, so like, let's get it clear. There's nobody on this program is supporting racism. There's nobody on this program would dream of using the N word, there's all those things. They Take all those for granted. But the, 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 my problem is that what the union did, the Argentinian union did, whatever about our sympathies for the man, what the Argentinian union did by suspending him and not suspending him. That's the actual problem. They, they, they sent a huge message out there that no, we're not really terribly serious. Either you suspend him and then he's gone and he's not the captain and he serves his sentence. But you don't go, you don't, whatever the word is, you hop from one side to the other. And that's where the Argentinian Union, I think, stands indicted.
2: Well, I agree with George. Um... None of us would want to be judged on our, our uh, behavior in past lives or as a younger man. And um, Hugo Monnier, well-known English winger, has, has made a fairly impassioned uh, couple of interviews about this topic. But the fault lies here in the main with the union, who did the correct thing initially by flagging this, suspending the players, taking appropriate action for what is inappropriate behavior. However, they are inexplicable. U turn 48 hours later on the back purportedly of a player revolt. The players were threatening a strike. Their U turn as a union is shameful. The only good thing that came out of it, in my opinion, reading between the lines, um, is the coach, Mario Ledesma. So these players were then unsuspended, as it were, and they were available to him for selection for that game, and he didn't pick them very wisely, in my opinion. So He's probably the only person coming out of this untainted, shall we say, but a black day for Argentine rugby, black day. Yeah, um, you had,
0: you know, for, as a, from a media perspective, we're all media guys, you had a difficult situation and then rescinding the punishment just through oil on the fire. You know, then everybody just started going. And now, now the kid, or the, he's not a kid, he's 27, uh, is being asked, Questions in terms of, well, how have you changed? Uh, what are you doing to prove that you've changed? Getting to the Australia side of this, two ties on home soil, two draws. Couldn't
1: be worse. Well, I think it was in one of the recent programs. I made the point that Australian rugby is on life support anyway. It's, it's competing with rules, with soccer, um, with rugby league particularly with rugby league. I mean, I, I, I remember being on down there for a Lions tour in Australia and I picked up the paper to read about the Lions tour. I couldn't find it, that test match. They were talking about something called the State of Origin, which is some rugby league game or something. I mean, that, so... It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it, for them it is, of course. Yeah. So, so they've always been in a difficult position. But they got over it because of the private schools, incredibly good coaching and great captains, wonderful individual players, all that sort of stuff. They don't have great players now. They don't actually have a strong base and they don't have any money. Steve, any positives taken for the Wallabies?
2: Yeah, they meet New Zealand. They have a new coach. They've actually quite a good coaching crew that they've installed and those guys have been able to blood players, so I, I don't see it as all doom and gloom like you guys do. I mean, I understand the financial and the context and the background. George is correct on all of that, but I, I, don't, think at the, um, I don't think they're at the bottom. Up north, Steve, your buddy,
0: Eddie O'Sullivan, lit into your fellow Scots, Craig Townsend and Stu Hawk. I, I, I'm on good terms with those guys, so I use those,
2: that version of their names.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Any thoughts on that, Steve? Because I know your head was exploding off camera. No, I mean, we, everyone knows Eddie O'Sullivan here. He's the most unpopular man in European rugby. But George, this, I
1: thought that was you. No, no, Eddie's the most popular, unpopular man in world rugby, not yeah. European rugby.
2: Okay. So, um, but I, unfortunately, what he said had a kernel of truth. So, as a, you know, a special breed of masochist, I am, okay? The Scottish sporting fan. I have been, you know, witness to many a false dawn. And here we go again. So for, you know, Townsend and Hogg to just to, to harumph and say, oh, we're in control of the game. I mean, O'Sullivan's got a point. They weren't in control of the game for anything other than the first 20 minutes. Um, so for Scotland, here, here we go again. You know, two steps, forward, one step back. So there is some truth to Mr. O'Sullivan's comments, however, however um, unpleasantly he expresses them.
0: And, he, and for the folks at home that don't know this, Eddie O'Sullivan was both the head coach for Ireland and the head coach for Team USA. George, you share that co- coaching lineage with him in that you coached Ireland's women team, women's team and you were part of the coaching staff for Team USA. Did the Irish performance give Irish fans and a George Hook hope for the future?
1: I honestly don't know. I I really don't. I mean, if you play four games or or, or whatever, or or in Ireland's case, if you take the whole year of Coach Farrell's stewardship, and they play rubbish for almost the entire time, and then suddenly they have one good game. Like, I wasn't the guy who dreamt up the phrase, one swallow doesn't make a summer. So you have to question, like, this is one game against what I think was Scotland's worst performance probably in the year. Um, does that immediately make us good? I don't think so. We have a fullback who can't spell defence. Um, we have an inside centre that we, you know, a fifth-rate centre that we recruited from New Zealand who can't pass the ball. We have a slow scrum half. You know, we've got a lot of problems.
0: On that note, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back
2: been blind since I was
0: four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of
1: that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor.
2: What do you think's on the label?
1: I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn jumping over fire.
2: That's good beer.
0: If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle on West 36th Street. And we are back with Mr. George Hook calling in from Ireland, Mr. Stephen Lewis. We finally got to see the Flying Fijians play, and they played a team with a completely different style in Georgia. And we
2: had some exciting rugby played. Fiji played some vulvacious rugby. <laughs> Tries left, right, and center, both wings. Uh, what, what, what impresses there is given their inactivity, this is the first run out under Vern Cotter. Definitely some structure. It wasn't just, you know, magic tricks the whole time. Um, there was a purpose to it. And so there. to me, there is a, there's some serious light at the end of the tunnel. That, that could be an interesting team to follow, to track over the next 18 months. That having been said, Georgia are a limited team. Did their level best, huffed and puffed, made the tackles, couple of close-range tries, but that's Georgia right now.
0: You know, Italy, everybody keeps talking about how Italy – was okay in this this tournament but i want to say that i think georgia should be given some of the opportunities that italy has and that segues into wales versus italy and george you can follow up here because i know that you have a different feeling as per italy than i do
1: i think Italy have made real progress that's the point they've blooded young people um you know, once upon a time before you were born, Mr. McCarthy, the best team outside the then Five Nations Championship was Romania because it was Ceaușescu's uh, regime. So you had one team was the police, the other team was the army. There were full-time professionals in effect and Romania would probably have done really well in the Five Nations. Ceaușescu goes down and Romanian rugby goes down with them. What you have in it? Italy is uh, a team, a country with two teams. I mean, you can't have a country with two teams, but have they made progress? Which is all you can talk about. The answer is yes. Wales, on the other hand, have not made progress. And I don't think it's, my it's the votes, I don't think it's his fault. I just think Wales rugby is in a bad place.
0: Let's go to something that we can all maybe get a little energetic about, and that's England versus France. Le Crunch, the dramatic final between France and England, particularly in the last 15 minutes, showed what it can actually be. Both coaches anxious on the sidelines, Owen Farrell with a case of the yips, dramatic turns of events, and that unbelievable finish. But really, Steve, it was really surmised well by a quote on Facebook directed at Paul Barford, an Englishman living in the USA, the former head coach of the now defunct Ohio Aviators, but more importantly, the husband to Ann Barford, women's Eagles legend. And here's that quote. Paul, how do you feel about only beating the French third 15 in extra time? Might there be a chink in the tactical armor of the master race? Was Solomon actually wiser than Eddie Jones after all? when will owen farrell's secret life as a serial killer be revealed is this why amazon bought the rights to the frankenstein-esque tournament
2: steve you recognize that quote i recognize those words your honor
0: those are your words and they're very very uh apropos i would say if you're not an england fan which is everybody that doesn't live in england
2: Yeah, sums up what i think about the tournament um The game, the referee, it is what it is. The the only benefit or the only uh, ray of sunshine we can find is it was an exciting finish to what has been a less than exciting tournament. Um, So there is that. The Autumn Nation Cup is now over, mercifully. And I really cannot, I'm really not necessarily looking forward to the Six Nations. If I was asked right now, would I renew a subscription, it would be touch and go. I,
0: I, I, I'm looking for, of course, you're not looking forward to the Six Nations. It's going to, come on, man. I mean, we got we to gotta look forward to it. It's, I'm not looking it, forward to
2: the quality. What's the of, alternative? It, the alternative is death. It, but, it's not but, to look forward to it and die in a, in a corner. Right, but it's All eight right. weeks away. And so, so what, what is going to be different? Right, it doesn't look like we're going to get fans back in any numbers early on. Well, if looking at George right now, it, it, George, you don't, you don't look enthused.
0: But what didn't your man of the match for England, Andrew Brace?
1: No, hold on. Look, the referee was awful, and the worst thing that can be said about a referee is that he influenced the result. Half the refereeing contingent is handling the game very badly, so this game is rubbish. Get to the Six Nations my friend's point. Would I renew my subscription? If I had a choice between Netflix and the Six Nations, it'd be a tough call. because I, You know damn well it, it, you're going to watch the I, Six
0: Nations, both of you. You're both.
1: Hold on. Oh. There was a guy 150 years ago changed the game because he picked it up in defiance of the rules of the time, he picked up the ball and ran with it. And thus was born Rugby Union. Rugby Union was meant to be run. It was meant to be passed. It was meant to exploit space and a whole pile of other things, right? Not this awful stuff. And Young's at Scrum Half, Murray at Scrum Half, all of them, with the sole exciting exception of, of of the French.
2: Yes, so I think we should look at this through a socio-political economic lens. Well, how else would we look at it? How else? Because initially, in Marx's words, religion was the opium of the masses. Then towards the end of the last century, it became sport. It became That's a t-shirt, right? What is the opium of the masses now? It's Netflix. And if sport is going to compete, it needs to be a lot more exciting, particularly rugby, than what we just saw. My only disagreement with you would be that it's Amazon Prime.
0: That is the opium of the masses because I'm a company man and they're covering rugby. Uh, before we go, guys, final thoughts on the Autumn Internationals. Any, and Anything positive for you two? I know that it's, you're, you're, you're having a hard time with it, and I understand. I'm going to come personally give you guys hugs. the level of rugby that was played it's way beneath you it was okay for me but I'm just a dopey yank so final thoughts
1: the autumn internationals were um, because I'm a movie buff were a trailer so they're a trailer for the six nations so what you saw in this autumn you're going to see in the six nations with the possible exception majorly of France, and to a minor degree in my view, Italy, who, who, whose only hope of success is actually running with the ball as opposed to kicking it up in the air. So this is bad news. If, if the legal con- situation continues with concussion, if there are no spectators, which is, if not a probability, is a real possibility with no spectators, the game will then, could well implode financially, we are looking at something we have never seen before uh, in this game that we love and adore since we were in nappies. All
2: right. Um, I suppose I could be tempted to watch a Six Nations game were we to go to the Pig & Whistle and you were to buy me one of Cormac McCormack's Irish breakfast. And, and that's
0: you know, my, my one thing that I lament the most is not being able to watch these matches with you at the pig and whistle, but I have a different view of all of the rugby that's that we've been able to watch. I think it's sustenance for a COVID-starved rugby audience that would watch anything just to have a distraction from all the madness that's around us. And I think Fabien Gattier has proven that he is the man in terms of being right on it with getting his players blooded, having having played down that his team was going to be shitty and coming out on top. So, or coming out on top if there was proper refereeing. That's my final thoughts. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'll give you, I'll give you, I know that you're, you want to chomp. Go ahead, Steve. I like your tie. Thank you,
1: George. Ty. Uh, no, I think my choice of shirt today indicates my mental state in relation to this great game. It's dirty. Uh, It's uh, unpressed, and it's overused, and that's the way the game is. See, again,
0: our our contrast, I I think it makes your eyes pop and you look resplendent. That's just me. All right, on that note, I want to thank Mr. George Hook calling in from Dublin, and Mr. Stephen Lewis calling in from the Bourgeois Upper West Side. I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing